Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are well into 2024, and it is now time for our bold predictions, hot takes heading into this NRL fantasy season. We're going to be going team by team, three in each of them, and let's see how these predictions play out. Some of them are fairly straight bats, some are a little bit out there. Um, I know a few people commented last year saying that they weren't uh, out there enough, but uh, it's very hard to even have a general idea um, from some of these sort of guys that we have no idea about or you know how teams are going to line up. So... These are all predictions of how I think you know, some players might start, some players might be through the middle of the season, and if they're going to make money, if they're going to be a bit of a flop as well. And so let's get into the Brisbane Broncos. I'm going to kick it off with Brendan Piakura. He comes in at 399k, and he's one of those guys that I think is going to surpass that 600k mark within the first 10 rounds. And I think he'll be a sell somewhere between that 10 to 13 period where their, their buys start to come up there. And you probably want to get rid of him, I think, around that time. Just for the fact, I don't see him being a Preston type. There's a little bit too much ball to, to go around, and, and he'll have his opportunities. And I think he'll have a stretch of games where he averages close to that 50 mark. He may have the odd game that's sort of 35 to 40, but overall he'll be a guy that can uh, quickly get up to around that point and average somewhere in that sort of low 40s and get to that 600K price point, which would be great. And it's exactly what we need to start our money-making capacity and cycle through these guys, and Piakura will be one of those guys that we don't hold throughout the entire year. Fletcher Baker at 360k, I think he's going to average the 35 in the 40 minutes over the first six rounds. They're very easily going to have him as the guy to slot in as that first guy off the bench, likely, or they can start with him and keep Jensen in the same role that he had last year. He'll get that 40 minutes, and that's all he's going to need to average that 35, and I think we'll need to sell him soon after as he starts to drop off, just because he hasn't been playing those minutes in a good while. Obviously, playing a lot of games of NRL last year, not as much in New South Wales Cup. So, you know, minutes in the top grade, close to 40, is going to be pretty tough on these big fellas. So I think he'll drop off from there and be a good time to, to trade him out. Dean Marinard, 450k, the centre and wing fullback duel. There's a slight worry that that is uh, you know, fairly expensive to start with, given he is in the, the early 30s of a you know, price point. The dual position is very helpful. I think with him, there's a high likelihood of him being a 40-plus point keeper in the centers or if he's on the wing as well. I think he could you know, step up into that sort of Selwyn Cobo type land just with how quality the team is at this point. 
where there's so many tries and assists to, you know, to go around. If he's in center, obviously outside of that of, of Ezra Mam and Walshie there. So I think there's, but my main issue here is I think there's a good chance that he scores low early and then people sell, therefore missing out on his value across the season with his jewel. So it could be a really interesting one. If you don't start with, I think you can get away with him sort of, you know, plotting along with the 30 odd or a 40 with a try and sort of not making too much money and then, you know, ready ready for when Broncos have a pretty good draw and he kind of works himself in the first grade uh, and he can go boom from there and be a 40-plus guy um, over stretches and, and most people can make their money that way, but there'll be people that start with him and sell him fairly early. Bulldogs, Bronson, Sherry. I think at 450K, it's a pretty hefty price for someone who hasn't been in the game for four years. So I have him as averaging what he's priced at or less, and that's if he even makes the squad. So that's that with Bronson. Jacob Kiraz, as uh, Scoop and I spoke about in that video, we both really like him. So I think he'll average 47 this year when fit if he's in the centers there. Um, so a plus seven on his price. I actually do think it at, in, on the wing there in a better team, the Dogs, if they can step up, that, uh, you know, that he'll be a pretty solid fantasy option this year in that tough position at a sort of mid-range-ish price there. Number three for the Dogs, I think they'll improve enough to suck us in on some fringe moneymakers. Probably except Curran, but... Could be including him as well uh, with Kurt Mann ruining value for a few forwards. And I th- I'm including Reid Marnie in that as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting one how that's going to play out with uh, with a few of those guys, especially in that Bulldogs outfit. For the Cowboys there, got to put the prices in. But Jeremiah Nanai, I think he bounces back and uh, will lure a, few, lure a few in just to probably disappoint in the end. So he's one of those guys that uh, can be very, very frustrating, could have really good games, but the missed tackles, the lower minutes, there's a few things uh, that aren't in his, um, you know, aren't, aren't going to go his way likely, um, but I think he'll get, he'll lure in a few few people, that's for sure. Kota, he's going to play big minutes from the jump, 60 plus. That's the that's going to be the little outlandish goal. If we if I start with him, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I'm very much, you know, hoping, in hoping land, that he's going to play more than that 60 minutes or somewhere around that point and be able to average well. His average was right down last year. Base outs were down a good chunk, especially tackles. So yeah, I hope that, that can go up for sure over that period. And the Cowboys have bounced back and finished sixth on the ladder. I think that uh, yeah, I'm hoping, again, for the Cowboys fans here. Um, so bringing Robson, Holmes, Drinky with them uh, for some good scoring as well. So Robson bounced back, Holmes to maybe go close to 50 and Drinky to stick around that 50 mark as well. For the Titans there, Jaden Campbell at 459. At some point this season, he'll become a 700K player. So obviously pretty outlandish on that one. That gets him closer to a 50 average, just uh, just above that actually, or close to it. Um, so for Campbell there, that's huge. And I think that could definitely happen. If he gets a sort of a stretch of, of uh, games in a row where he can he can show his stuff and the Titans have stretches of of uh, parts of the season where they do really, really well, I think he can get to that 700K barrier at some point. Both for more, I think at 660K, he's going to start slow and he's going to become a buy at 550K, covering round 16 and 19 major buyers. So he might be sort of through that middle part or uh, or potentially sort of that round 8, 9, 10 kind of range for him. Thomas Weaver, I've got him at 450K, obviously a frustrating price, but he gets the opportunity to lock down the seven at some point and make us 100K plus because I think he'll be a close to about a 40 guy next to foreign. And if he does play six and you know, he could lose a little bit of cash, but I think at some point he's going to play that seven and uh, you know take over from Tanner Boyd. If you know, there's going to be some stretch of, of games where they have a bit of a tough one or he just improves naturally, 
And uh, I just have a feeling he's going to be that guy to make some money. Dolphins, Jeremy Marshall King. At 650k, I just think he may not make more than 50k. But if you start with him, you won't be mad about him playing the whole season. You still look at 2022, he played the clear full season with the Dogs. And it's just his shoulder issue. So if he gets that right... I see him playing the entirety of the season, averaging around 50 and playing all three major buy rounds. I, I see uh, the Dolphins players like him. Probably the only one that's going to be irrelevant, like I've got there in, uh, in number three. Given they'll be a fairly middling team, I just don't think they'll offer too much fantasy relevance this season like they did last year. So JMK, a very interesting one to partner with another hooker, I'd imagine, given he has the buy in round three. Flaglight, 513k. For me, he needs 55 minutes to be relevant. And so I don't think that's going to happen. Gilbert only got 58 minutes at lock, and I see Flegler being a 50 max. And uh, I think he'll suck a few in, given he you know, was the you know, second to third big dog at, at the Broncos. I can see him coming over here being sort of a you know, number one guy, but still not averaging ridiculous minutes there. So that's the Dolphins. Move to the Eels. And I think they make it back into the eight this season with Moses eclipsing a 60 average. So best season for him last year. Made into origin, I think he'll go bigger than that uh, this year. He scored really well even when Brown was there. He obviously took over a little bit more when Brown wasn't. But I think Gutho took a lot of those points um, rather than Moses taking extra in that point. So yeah, Moses was great and they'll bounce back. Number two, when injuries and origin comes along, I think Widemu Greg at 336 is going to make 100K. So last year he had scores that, that were around that point. At, at minimum, he could would have got into about a 500K or so. Um, but I don't expect as many injuries, but I think he's a very good player. Um, yeah, a good bench guy for him, and if he can get those minutes, then that could be really cool. And the third one there, Lane at 558k, I just think he's going to be a slow burn moneymaker with plenty of traffic going down the right-hand side, as you can see with Moses really improving as a player and demanding a lot of ball and Cardi or Matto down that right-hand side. Um, and I think we'll make his money when he finds some form lane, but not straight away. So I think it'll be a slow burn for Shawnee on that one. He's already got priced up into the 41 range, which is pretty frustrating at that. For the Rabbitohs there, Tavita Tatola at 485. I think he's going to be a safe scorer in your 17 and a comfortable 100K plus moneymaker. If, obviously, the concussions and the injuries stay away. So a nice off season for him. He had a really tough year and up and down, up and down. And 2022, the back end was great. And you saw a few big minute games at the end of last year. And if that's the case, then he's already got sort of five to seven points of value based off that. But if he can get anywhere back to that, I think that he could, um, you know, seven to eight, eight points of money there is uh, pretty much at 100K in value. And he could eclipse that as well. So fairly low risk guy, I think, in Totola heading into the season. Talis Duncan at 413K breaks out into being a stud by the end of 2024. Could be an injury around as well that, that kind of gets him into, you know, really high averages there but at some point i think he's going to do a job and make some money for us so yeah, we'll, we'll really enjoy having him around is, is more what i'm getting at here number three the bunnies bounce back with multiple players being fantasy relevant again Cam murray latrell mitchell tyron munro i'm likely to start with as well tola and also duncan so that's plenty of players there that you could um that you'd be looking at into your side Dragons are up next. Number one, I have a feeling Dragons will be a super frustrating team for our fantasy hopefuls. And yeah, it's just the gut feeling I have with guys like Eisenhuth potentially getting minutes or not. Uh, Jacob Little, Zach Lomax, the fullback center debate. Uh, and then Kyle Flanagan as well with, with Volkman. So number two, I've got Volkman in there. This is just my thoughts on how I'd 
I probably wanted to go, but who knows? Volkman 385. I just think they've brought him over for cover because they don't really have much in, in terms of, of halves. They've got Paul Turner over there as well. Uh, but, you know, easily you could lose a couple of halves in a row and, and you need multiple. So Volkman comes over for that um, to cover mainly four flat again. Who I think he's going to get the first crack. And then number three, Little at 535K. I think he makes it over at 600K. So 70 plus worth of, uh, of value there. Being a viable round one starter in your side as a hooker. He has really great upside, but he can be risky for him not making much money. Just given that he has games where he gets sort of the mid-30s to high-30s, and then he'll have a 50-game in him, can he string a bunch of them together and make you good money? I think at one point he'll get there, but how much further than that? I'm not sure. And do you want that on your side? They don't have a buy for a good while? It seems like a fair fair option if you think that he, you know, if, if Flanning is on the bench and taking some minutes from him, he could do really well now that Embiid's gone. For the Roosters, Tedesco at 670K. Will be a buy in round five, costing 599k. Not specific at all. Uh, with the Roosters two and two following a, a tough run, but they won't start as poorly this year. We're going to go with it, but two and two seems fair. They got a really, a really tough one. They got the uh, Panthers in round four, and then round five. I think he's, he's going to be a solid buy, um, given his you know history. I don't think he's going to go shocking, shocking a couple of years in a row. We'll see though. See what I want. 444k gets first crack at the right edge and plays about 60 minutes per game. Averaging 39. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's actually about a, you know five points of value to start the year. I can just see him starting that way and he could definitely make some more money at some point but if he gets that start and you've got Tupanua on the bench who I think will be he'll either play a little bit through the middle or a bit off the bench like if, if Crichton's on the bench as well then like that means that Butcher's starting and he's getting close to that 80 minutes so one of those edges has to lose a few minutes and it would be Wong and I just think that uh, you know only a little bit of he'd only make a little bit of money at that point uh, so you'd really need a trial so to begin and they've got a pretty tough start so don't really see it happening but at 444k, if he gets the start, he's in my side. Number three, I don't see how Terrell May, obviously love him at 492k, doesn't get 40 minutes minimum and is making money from that. It may just be sort of following some injuries though because he he was dominant at the back end of the year and some of those games were mid-30s minutes and he had a 40-odd, a 50-minute game and then was so good through the final series. I just don't see how he, he misses out. I really want him in my side. Um but it is going to be hard to work out. And if he does get 30 minutes or something like that, he won't be worth it. We need somewhere around that 40. Um, yeah, so frustrating for him, but it's a good chance that he, d- he just doesn't get the he just doesn't get the 40 minutes. I really want him to, though. So 
contradicting myself there, but that's that. Knights, Lucas of 558K is going to be the only relevant player from the Knights to make money in the first four weeks. So I don't see Kai Pierce Paul being being ready uh, for a while. And, and if we find anything more in the preseason, we can just scrap it all of our Dylan Lucas chat. But at the moment, I really love him as a 50-point guy over the first month. So he'll make money off that very clearly. Number two, Ponga's 757K ownership will increase dramatically by around five. So I can see him having some hot games in that first couple. There will be a few that start with him. I'd say it'd be five to 10% I'd say for, for Ponga there. And if he does do pretty well, I think a lot of people will try and have him in their side as that keeper wing fullback fairly early, especially if we don't see, you know, Pat start out too well or if Campbell starts to struggle a little bit at the start. Someone, people will try to lock in a good wing fullback early and that's going to be Ponga. Number three, we'll make money on Lucas and then and then also on Pierce Paul at 520k after his bench stint. So he's way too pricey at the moment, but if he, I think he'll come off the bench to kick things off. Hopefully Lucas isn't losing too much, uh, too many minutes, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. But he'll um he'll get down pretty low, and then we'll make money on him as well at some point. Storm, Howarth, 300, 300k or Bloor 518k. It sounds like he's going to be moving over to the Tigers uh, to the Storm. We'll wait and see on that one. One of those guys earns Liero's edge spot and become an option in 2024 with Liero either getting injured or moving into the middle. That's the call on that one. Number two, both Pappy at 495k and Fatlongo, who's not actually in the system yet, uh, will make will both make us money this season. So I'm not hoping for anything, but there'll be uh, there'll be times where they'll they'll both play. I think, in my opinion. Number three, Grant is 788k goes back to averaging 862 as Storm worked things out. So he started 100k more expensive last year, and I think that there's a very high chance that he goes back to that point um, and the Storm kind of worked things out a little bit. They've been a bit clunky over the last year or so, but I think you know if they are, are able to get Bloor as well, that shores up things on the on the edge and gives them another option in attack as well. And uh, yeah, it depends how you know Pappy's back at 495. If he's back in general, they'll they'll play a bit better. Um, if Fatlungo's there as well, I think that that gives them another attacking option as well. So they could definitely work things out, and Grant could be a big factor in that. Raiders there, Horsbro, 762K. He's going to play 20 to 25 minutes a lock and sort of 30 to 35 at prop to accommodate the introduction of Smithies uh, with, with with Josh Papali'i slowing down as well. I can see that happening for sure. Just give them a bit more grunt up top with, with Horsbro. He can, he's more of a... a middle I should say more of a prop anyway um, and Smithies can you know be that defender in the middle and, and use his passing game as well so that's how I see that playing out fancy coaches will get caught out in the Kotrick 261k trap and be like Harley Smith Shields from last season I thought that was really fitting I just wanted to throw that in um, just a little dagger for anyone who owned Smith Shields and couldn't get rid of him for a long time I, don't worry I had Tommy Talau who apparently uh, is going to average 50 this year. I've seen a few of the content, content creators pop him up there. He's, he's with Jess Sergis uh, at the moment, so everyone's hoping that he'll get the, uh, the Zach Lomax points. But uh, I highly doubt that him moving to a new club. I don't even know if he starts, but if he does, yeah, I don't know. The, the treatment of, of Schuster and Manly, I'm not sure how things are going to go with Tommy there on that one. Number three, prepare for one of strange end weeks to flop. I think it's likely weeks, which wouldn't be too much of a bold prediction just based on his scoring last year. Part of me also thinks that he's, you know, him moving clubs is going to be better for him. I think he's going to have his hands on the ball more, given they'll need some attacking threats. And uh, I see Strange unlikely to have the kicking that Brad Schneider did a couple of years ago. But at 250k, we wouldn't need him to do too much other than tackle and, and show a bit of his flair to make money. So I think uh, Strange, if he gets the six, is very, very safe. Panthers... 
So, Panthers learn from the beginning of last season and they start better. I think they'll show tightness through the middle of the season before their second buy and Origin there. So they got they do have a pretty good buy schedule, having a buy in round six, and then a couple through I think sixteen and nineteen, I believe it is. So somewhere just before Origin or during Origin, they'll they'll show some signs of tightness, I think, and yeah, potentially some lower scores from certain guys uh, and other you know, cheaper guys are gonna have to stand up. Liam Henry at three hundred twenty k. I think he makes the seventeen, but doesn't get the minutes necessary to make enough money. I think he might be in that Spencer Lanyu type of range there. Um, and a three hundred twenty k. If he was two thirty or two fifty, he, he makes money for sure. At, at three twenty, he's already priced in the low twenties there, and and I find it hard pressed for him to get thirty in sort of that thirty five minutes that he may get if he gets that many. You know, it could be thirty, could be twenty five. And number three, I'm just going to go out there and back Sorensen at six eighty three to be the guy to get us to round sixteen. All the way through to there with that first buy um, that they'll be playing. Sorry, that first buy round he'll be playing in round 13. He's got 14 as well. He's dual position and he'll make 50K plus. So simple. There with Sorensen. I'm going to go out in a limb with him and I'm going to go out in a limb with uh, Jack DeBell. That's two guys, unless we hear anything else, they're two guys that I'll try to get in my squad as much as I can. And obviously someone yeah, having pain house would be ideal as well. I uh, wouldn't be able to get all three. It might be two of the three. So we'll work that out. Chucky's Nico Hines at a million bucks out averages Cleary in the first four rounds. I'm going to go out and say that there. I'm banking on he, he yeah, as I said, he's like picked up a little niggle at the end of last year, uh, which is why the kick meters went down. He went back into you know, goal kicking and so 400 meters plus. Thanks to one of the boys in the comments for um, doing that research in there for me. Um, 400 meters plus in that final game. So I don't expect that to change too much. So with their lovely draw, as I said, I think he was clunky last year. I think he'll start well. And uh, and the Panthers and Cleary coming off their, their travel session over to um, over to England. I think we'll start, he'll start a little bit slower. Not much, but a little bit. And I'm just going to go out there on a limb and say that we'll see Beryl at 230k this season. Braley has hardly missed a game in like five years. So he may just be unbreakable, but we'll see. We'll go with the fact that we'll see Beryl and we'll get three or four weeks or something like that. He'll make us... 100k. Let's let's roll with that. Tigers have a buy first round to so be aware of that. Both Bateman are 740k and Pabali is 716k. They're going to go above their 2023 average. I'm going to go out and say that one. I think both of them were underutilized in attack. I think that uh, you know the way Brooks used Isaiah Pabali on that side. Bateman carried injuries coming into the season. He also you know, had a random game off. I think for a hamstring injury, quad quad or hamstring in in the warm up. If you remember that one. Uh, I just think both of them will, will improve their play. Um, and Caesar kind of directing them around. I think they'll just get better ball than than what they did last year. Let's just say that. Uh, number two, I just think you just, at this point, things could change. But just start with Latu Fainu at 230k. If there's any chance that he's starting round one, you loop him the first week and you'll make money at some point. He'll definitely, there'll definitely be an injury to one of those two guys. He will play. He'll either start or he'll be there at some point. You get the loop potentially loop for the first few weeks at worst if he's not in the team, but I think he'll get an opportunity this year. Uh, Jaden Sullivan at 424K will only make money if Caesar misses time. That's what I'm going to go with there. At six, I just don't think, I'm just going to call out that he doesn't make money. Not enough anyway. He might get to 470, but that's not worth it at 424K. That's for sure there. So yeah, he's only going to make money if Caesar misses some time. Let's go to the Warriors. So Chanel, Harris Tavita, he's at 350K, which is a little bit frustrating, but I think he's going to make money for coaches Sometime before Origin, but not from the start. I don't know. If, I don't even know if he gets the spot at all. But I think he'll come in at some point, uh, and really, it's just not going to be worth the trade in. So, a few people are excited about him. 
I just can't see it. Uh, you know, working out. You look at a lot of his stats in you know playing at five eight there, and then they're not really too overwhelmingly um, good anyway. So I think you might get to about four hundred k or so. But yeah, is that enough? No. Tohu Harris is seven thirty six. He's just going to show us again why we should never doubt the big man um, to begin a season. He's just going to come out and average sixty. So that's the call. Did it last year. He's going to have a yeah. He's going to be a lot fresher after unless his knees that he's got chronic knee issues. I think he's going to come out and tackle his heart out and and do some great things. His ball playing was incredible um, all year. Depending on it did not matter how his knees were, he was gun in that sense. And then Wade Egan at 587. I think he's just going to reward coaches in the first month before injury strikes at some point or a concussion with him. Uh, he's very heavily in their attack and he'll, he'll score tries. He'll set up tries, uh, play some big minutes in those first bunch of weeks. But, you know, something may happen to him. Let's pray that he, he ends up okay. Manly, Corey Waddell. This is the uh, the last one, hey? Corey Waddell at 545. Just going to go out on a limb and say he starts over Schuster in round one. Yeah, again, I don't know what's happening with Schuster over there. Is he going to be wanting to play edge? Is Waddell even you know slightly better than him defensively? Yes. Uh, so I think that that's a decent chance. And uh, Schuster will be there at some point, but don't bank on him being round one. He could be off the bench. They could, you know, Waddell might come in for him at 30 or 40 minutes. They're not, he's not going to come on for you know, Olakwatu. Does Waddell just play in the middle, though? I suppose there are a lot of questions. I'm just going to go out and say it. I thought that was a cool little one to go with. Uh, and then DC at 877, I think he averages about 55 over the first six rounds, losing that 100K or so. Um, and he could be, it's going to be hard for him to become an option at all, given that might be the case. He might get him just for, like, for that six, seven, eight rounds before Origin. But I think Brooks will take a few points off in there. And then Gordon Chen Kam Tong, as 325K, he will get his opportunity, but it will be at all good 440, 440K. So if, if Lockie Croker gets a longer term injury, then I don't think it's going to matter what price uh, Gordon is at. But if he's going to be sort of that 50, uh, 30 minutes, he'll probably make a tiny bit of cash there. 325 is his price at the moment. He probably averages close to 30, makes a bit of cash on that uh, and gets him somewhere around that 400K mark before yeah, potentially he gets a start or he just doesn't become an option at all all year. And maybe he doesn't even start at all given you know, Lockie Croker has times there where he plays a good full 80 minutes. So that's the uh, hot takes, the, the bold predictions coming into 2024. I made this one as my first video last year. It was probably a little bit early considering uh, we hadn't done enough research and we didn't know enough heading into the season. So hopefully this one uh, being a little bit later, a week into, into January, let's see how many of these uh, come through um, in, in 2024. I hope you enjoy that, guys, and I'll catch you in the next lot of videos. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 